Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. I'm your host, Maddox Campbell. Joining me today is Shannon LaHaye. Hello. And Bryn Potty. Hey, how's it going? And we're doing a movie breakdown of the wonderful ice cream suit. I'll let everyone know I had not seen this one before. I had heard rumors about it, that it was basically like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but with grown men in a suit. And that's all I knew. And it, it was a journey. I enjoyed I enjoyed this. <laughs> Good. Uh, what about you, Shannon? Uh, I had I had never seen it. I had never um I had never even heard of this movie before. Like when you told me, do you want to watch The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit? I was like, I can't not watch this. <laughs> you told me this title. <laughs> what about you, Bryn? I, uh, this is my third time watching The Wonderful Ice Cream Ray Bradbury's The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. I had seen, like it was advertised on some VHS that I had as a kid. I want to say George of the Jungle, maybe. Some movie like that. And I never really <laughs> seen it. But then, um... A couple years ago, I found the co- a VHS copy of Value Village. I bought it, and I've uh, I've watched it twice uh, since. My um, <laughs> or uh, twice or three times. My my uh, ex and I had a tradition where we would watch it at, at Christmas time because it just was such a magical. It's such a magical movie. <laughs> it's kind of got a Christmas movie feel, despite not being about Christmas at all. <laughs> I, no. I can see where that would come from. It's, it's got kind the of mood. like the like uh, it was inside you all along sort of feel that Christmas movies tend to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that yeah we're all coming together and and there's long like moments that are just sort of like dance numbers that don't really move the plot <laughs> but they're fun. This is dance dance moment or something along that like that's the type of stuff that happens in Christmas movies all the time. Yeah, and that's basically what this movie is pure of those types of hijinks. Oh, so full of hijinks this movie. This movie was. I don't know what I – I had no idea what to expect going in. To be honest, can I be honest with you? I thought Please it was be honest be, with me. I thought it was going to be a suit made of ice cream that granted wishes. <laughs> 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 so the suspense at the beginning of like them trying to find the suit in the shop with Sid Caesar, which excellent cameo, well done, um, was I, – I literally was like, what is this suit? I need to see it. And even then when they find it, it's just a shot of them looking at it with a glow. And I was yeah, like, oh, it- it seemed very fluorescent of a suit. Like I'm like, I I know it's not like how how could they have done it with CGI or something, but it's more of just like I am curious how they got so much glow effect on that suit. If it's like if they covered it with like reflective tape or if that was like an after effect. Like is it just it, it looks almost two D sometimes in like the wide shots of someone walking in the shoot and it doesn't look real. Like it looks like a fake suit somehow. <laughs> it's so wondrous. <laughs> I'm I'm I want I gotta say I'm so happy that you guys like this because like if you if you didn't like it I was gonna come in here and just be like I don't know what to say to you people I don't like (laughs) (laughs) if you guys don't like the wonderful ice cream suit I don't I don't know how we're gonna even be able to talk for 40 minutes or whatever because I've got nothing to say to you well I'm, (laughs) I'm in that position where I'm like if you're trying to say like is this an amazing movie that like I should get accolades and awards and stuff. I'm going to, no, it, it's a fun ride, but it's a very fun ride. I disagree. Okay. I, <laughs> you want to give it all the Oscars? I think Joe Montana should like, get an Oscar I, for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and like Edward James almost. Like, what a performance. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. I knew he was in the movie and I kept on trying to find him. And even when his character was on screen, I'm like, 
So when when's Edward James almost coming in? Yeah, I know. I looked up when he's coming in, and then they said the character name, who he was, and I'm like, oh, oh that guy. That um, was him all along. I I am not like I'm not I'm not saying this for the sake of the podcast. I'm not saying this to be cute. Full on, out loud, on four separate occasions, I went. This is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. No, I, like it's 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 a trip. It's 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 a real journey. Um, and like. Uh, like if you were to like watch these actors do these performances from space, you would be like, you guys can tone it down. I get it. Like these are, <laughs> <laughs> like, these are the biggest performances. They're all very possible. over the top of their tropes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very live action cartoon. Like it has a cartoon feel that everyone just commits to. Like that's not strange. I, I kept thinking this is Bugs Bunny. I kept being like, yeah. this is a Bugs Bunny situation. Like, just the shots of them freaking out about the suit and just the individual shots on all of their faces of them just going like, whoa, <laughs> like, over and over again. And I wonder how much is like, I, I always wonder this with crazy movies, but I wonder how much is ad lib because there's so many little moments that feel so in the moment and that specific actor just like fucking with everyone. Like when they all walk in and out of the store and Sid Caesar just throws out little like comments that I'm like, that's a little perfect. Or where Edward James almost is going out in the suit and he just keeps going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that I rewound that part. Love that. Yeah. Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic costs. I'm your host, Maddox Campbell. Joining me today is Shannon LaHaye. Hello. And Bryn Potty. Hey, how's it going? And we're doing a movie breakdown of the wonderful ice cream suit. I'll let everyone know, I had not seen this one before. I had heard rumors about it, that it was basically like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but with grown men in a suit. And that's all I knew. And it, it was a journey. I enjoyed I enjoyed this. <laughs> Good. Uh, what about you, Shannon? Uh, I had I had never seen it. I had never um, I had never even heard of this movie before. Like when you told me, "Do you want to watch the wonderful ice cream suit?" I was like, "I can't not watch this." <laughs> you told me this title. <laughs> what about you, Bryn? I uh, this is my third time watching the wonderful ice Ray Bradbury's the wonderful ice cream suit. I had seen like it was advertised on some vhs that i had as a kid i want to say george of the jungle maybe some movie like that and i never really <laughs> seen it but then um a couple years ago i found the co a vhs copy of value village i bought it and i've uh i've watched it twice uh since my um <laughs> or uh, twice or three times my my uh, ex and i had a tradition where we would watch it at, at christmas time because it just was such a magical it's such a magical movie <laughs> It's kind of got a Christmas movie feel despite not being about Christmas at all. <laughs> I, no. I can see where that would come from. It's, it's got kind the of mood. like the like uh, it was inside you all along sort of feel that Christmas movies tend to have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or that yeah, we're all coming together and, and there's long like moments that are just sort of like dance numbers that don't really move the plot, but they're fun. 
this is dance <laughs> dance moment or something along the, like that's the type of stuff that happens in Christmas movies all the time. Yeah. And that's basically what this movie is pure of those types of hijinks. Oh, so full of hijinks, this movie. This movie was I don't know what I I had no idea what to expect going in. To be honest, can I be honest with you? I thought Please it was be gonna honest be, with me. I thought it was gonna be a suit made of ice cream that granted wishes. <laughs> 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 so the suspense at the beginning of like them trying to find the suit in the shop with Sid Caesar, which excellent cameo, well done. Um was I I literally was like, what is this suit? I need to see it. And even then when they find it, it's just a shot of them looking at it with a glow. And I was yeah, like, oh. it, it seemed very fluorescent of a suit. Like I'm like, I, I know it's not like how, how could they have done it with CGI or something, but it's more of just like, I am curious how they got so much glow effect on that suit. If it's mm-hmm. like, if they covered it with like reflective tape or if that was like an after effect, like, cause it just, it, it looks almost 2D sometimes in like the wide shots of someone walking in the shoot and it doesn't look real. Like it looks like a fake suit somehow. <laughs> it's so wondrous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want, I gotta say, I'm so happy that you guys like this because like, if you, if you didn't like it, I was going to come in here and just be like, I don't know what to say to you people. I don't like, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't like the wonderful ice cream suit, I don't, I don't know how we're going to even be able to talk for 40 minutes or whatever, because I've got nothing to say to you. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm in that position where I'm like, if you're trying to say like, is this an amazing movie that like I should get accolades and awards and stuff? I'm going to, no, it, it's a fun ride, but it's a very fun ride. I disagree. Okay. I- <laughs> <laughs> you want to give it all the Oscars? I think Joe I, Montana I should like, get an Oscar I- for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and like Edward James, almost like what a performance. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. I knew he was in the movie and I kept on trying to find him. And even when his character was on screen, I'm like, so when when's Edward James almost coming in? Yeah, I know. I looked up when he's coming in and then they said the character name, who he was. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh that guy. That was um, him all along. I, I am not like I'm not I'm not saying this for the sake of the podcast. I'm not saying this to be cute. Full on, out loud, on four separate occasions, I went, This is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, like it's 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 a trip. It's 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 a real journey. Um and like uh like if you were to like watch these actors do these performances from space, you would be like, You guys can tone it down. I get it. Like these are, <laughs> like these are the biggest performances. They're all very possible. over the top of their tropes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's very live action cartoon. Like it has a cartoon feel that everyone just commits to. Like that's not strange. I I kept thinking this is Bugs Bunny. I kept being like, yeah. this is a Bugs Bunny situation. Like just the shots of them freaking out about the suit, and just the individual shots and all of their faces of them just going like, whoa. <laughs> over and over again and i wonder how much is like i i always wonder this with crazy movies but i wonder how much is ad lib because there's so many little moments that feel so in the moment and that specific actor just like fucking with everyone like when they all walk in and out of the store and sid caesar just throws out little like comments that i'm like that's a little perfect or edward james almost is going out in the suit and he just keeps going okay okay <laughs> that I rewound that part. Love that yeah, part. I'm Favorite sure the part performances the are a big part of it. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. this is less script based and more just like we got the best people for it. Yes, and so many heavy hitters, and just and just like 
go nuts. Yeah, very much a go nuts. I also think now, so this is going to sound like a criticism, but I think it's a happy accident. The movie has a runtime of about an hour, 17 minutes, which is a little short for a feature. And if you watch it from thinking about it, this movie is padded out in a lot of places. Like it has like that long intro where everyone's names and their song and dancing and stuff like that. So I feel like some of these moments are built from them doing multiple takes and being like, you know, we'll find out in editing which take we want to take. And instead them just using all of it. <laughs> being like, You know what? I love it all. Let's just put it all in. I don't know. Yeah. And just using that to like pad out the time because I realized it was running short. So they just put multiple takes in all the moments to pad out the time. And and they're all good takes. So even though like it doesn't keep the pace moving, it's just like, yeah, but it's fun to see them freak out five times about how good this dude is <laughs> rather than just pick the best freak out moment. Um, Bryn, can I be honest? The whole time I watched it, for some reason, I just assumed that this was like a childhood classic of yours. <laughs> no, no. I discovered this as an adult and knew exactly what it like. It if, yeah as as soon as um as soon as he the 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 musical number starts um when the one guy puts on the suit you're just like Dominguez yeah when Dominguez sings his song in the in the women's apartment building uh you're just like okay this I'm I am on board for truly whatever happens next <laughs> I agree. I agree. That moment happened, and I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> And the movie starts at like an emotional 11, like right away. Like even with Martinez, like trying to get the, the what's her name? Is it Ramona is the girl across the way? Trying to get her attention. Um, oh no, it's Cecilia or whatever, or Celia, whatever. It, I don't know. Really, he doesn't know her name at first. He's just trying to get her attention. At some point she says her name mm-hmm. later on. And he keeps, and, it, and it's so emotional and like almost a little pornographic. It's just him quietly being like, yes. Yes. Look at me. <laughs> yes. Yes, like that. Yes. And it's just her like looking around and he's just like commenting on her like edging ever so closer into, <laughs> into having him in her eyeline and I was like this is incredible. And then Gomez turns around. He's out on the street. Oh, he gets kicked out of his apartment then. That's the next thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem to bother him that he's lost all his stuff. He's like, "Yeah, fine. well, not my last $20, though, but, like, it's fine that I got kicked out and all my possessions taken away, but... That does not get resolved. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Well, he, not lives, he lives on Gomez's roof now. They all live on his roof. <laughs> Which we're going to get the story. We're, we're, we are going to, when we get there, I need to talk about that part specifically, but I don't want to get ahead <laughs> of myself here. <laughs> um, I, I think Gomez's introduction, too, is very good, because he definitely does seem like he's a mobster or a serial killer or something until he starts measuring the guy. And that's a great turn of just like, like, ah, he's coming at me with a groat. And then, no, he's just measuring my neck. That's what I mean. And it's so exaggerated. Like it's so exaggerated that it's not, it's like, it's, it's like the director was like, I really want you to sell it. Like you might be choking him, but also make it clear that you're not. And then uh, Joe Montego went like to the fucking wall with it. And it's (laughs) like, they went, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's great. That's, you know what? We got it. This is this is a movie full of like giant giant performances to the point where one of the characters is like covered in ash the entire time. And <laughs> it's a chimney sweep. Yeah, he's like he's almost like a muppet kind of character. Oh, but I still much. think that I still think that Gomez gives the biggest and best. He's he's my MVP of this movie. Can okay, can we I was going to ask so can we just can we go there? A la Sex in the City, in terms of are you a Carrie, etc. Who 
who would you be? <laughs> are right. you a Dominguez? Are you a Martinez? Are you a, a, a Valenzuel? Are you a Vamanos? Are you a, a – I'm missing one. Uh, Martinez, Dominguez, Gomez. That's the one I almost said. Um, Doming- yeah, yeah, I think you got them all. I think I, I think that we're all a mix of the ice cream suit men. And so I think I'm a bit Martinez, a bit uh, Villanazul. I'm like I'm a, somewhere between those, a mesh of those. I think that I'm a I'm a Vamanos for sure. <laughs> All the way, hundred percent Vamanos. Yeah, I'm something of a Vamanos. I think I want to be a Dominguez. Like I think that's who I wish I was. But the mm. reality is, I'm a I'm a Villanazul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, can't, <laughs> I can't wait till we get to his part. His part is is also up there. They're they're all good, but that one's they're up there good. too. Okay, I think we seem to want to go through this beat by beat. So let's go through <laughs> this beat by beat. Let's let's talk about each one's moment with the ice cream suit. Okay. And the bonus thing I'm going to say is because I want to like deal with this is like what is the magic of the suit? Let's try to say like what wish it grants when they put on the suit during okay. the moment. So uh, Dem- Dominguez, he's the one who gets the suit first. Well, and- should, should we set up what the like what what happens? Like they get the suit because Gomez only has twenty dollars and wants to buy <laughs> a one hundred dollar perfect suit, and yes. so he gets four other men who are they say all the same size, but I, I demonstrably are not. Uh, <laughs> Especially Vamanos does not look the same size Vamanos at all. Vamanos and Dominguez, no way. Because they both are like <laughs> very like solid people and like have these like pecs. And then you look at Valentina Azul and Martinez who are like string beans. And it's like those two men do not have the same chest size. Absolutely not. <laughs> you can, They convinced me that they're the same height, because at least other than Vamanos. Because they, well, they did a full cue. That's a legit measuring a, method. A couple of them were clearly crouching a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yes there's a part where they show it, and the pool cue is like a good two inches off of Martinez's head while it's on everyone else's. And I'm like, mm But that's also one of a moment because they're all so excited about being the same, and he hasn't explained why he's looking into this yet. Like, he hasn't explained the suit. And they're just like getting excited every time they happen to be the same height or the same weight or the same whatever. Yeah. And you have to recognize that like, yeah, Martinez has just gotten kicked out of his apartment, (laughs) was chased down uh, by a stranger, measured, then taken into an abandoned bar and then just starts dancing to Wooly Bully with the thing on his head and he gets swept up in it right away and and i i don't need i don't need him to be convinced like it's i'm I'm happy that i'm happy that it just went is is this the magic of the ice cream suit then like even when it is not present it has an infectious energy it's like the ark in uh, raiders of the lost (laughs) i was gonna say the ring of sauron like it it draws you to it it's the one ring um i yeah i when because gomez just like Finds Martinez, measures him, which is a very unsettling thing to have someone do to you. Then it just has him like sweep him up, like you said, to this abandoned bar with these like two at the time two other men that that Martinez doesn't know, and then this other like vagrant comes in, uh, and then it's just, just yelling about this like yeah this Muppet man, uh, and then they they just start like going on about like his, and they weigh him, and Martinez doesn't know these people has never met them full-on thought gomez was about to kill him like you said just got kicked out of his apartment he it's been made clear that he only has twenty dollars to his name and this these people are like 
we need to go in together on a suit and we need your last $20. And at first I'm like, he doesn't even know these people. Like what's going on that he's so fine with it. But honestly, by the end of the like freak out and them dancing around when Martinez like puts down the $20, I was like, yeah, this is enough for me. I'm content. I guess. I get a sense that they like know each other a little, like it's a small neighborhood. They've seen each other around, even if they don't like know, we know each other. I mean, he didn't know Gomez enough that he ran away from him, you know? Or maybe he knew him enough that he did. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he, like, but I guess if you were kicked out of your apartment and had nowhere to go, and someone was like, I've got a plan, but we need to get a nice suit. Like, I guess, <laughs> yeah. like, it, you, you would be in a vulnerable enough place where you might just be like, all right, I'm yeah. in. Like, what, what, what else am I yeah, going to do? Son of a bitch, I'm in. Who do we, who do we have to kill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Gomez is a little like, it's, it, we're about to make all like it's about to change your life. Your life will never be the same. Your life is going to get better from here. He does make a sort of promise of like, this is the thing that's going to turn your life around, which <laughs> I would believe Martinez is in a desperate, uh, desperate enough position that he is, he's going to be like, all right, sure. And he's something of an innocent. He's a bit naive. Oh, very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a little baby of the whole group. And, and, uh, it's oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, they they get the ice cream suit, and that's a wonderful scene too of them in the shop. That's just a fun sketch of like what's happening. Are we being robbed? These people come in looking for a suit, and it's they don't ask. In a hidden room for some reason. <laughs> they just see it's not in the window. Gomez yeah. goes in in a panic, just storms around while the two uh, tailors are. Oh, by the way, I love the whole gimmick of like they're just pretend they're putting up going out of business sale signs yeah. so that they can get business because they're not actually going out of business. Uh, yeah. That's a whole great bit. Um, but it's just him like storming around. But my favorite part of that is Sid Caesar being like, "What can I help you?" Because Gomez has a toothpick in his mouth the entire movie. The entire movie, <laughs> there's true. a toothpick it's in true. his mouth. So he's storming around the room, and then Sid Caesar goes, oh, "Can I help you? Do you want a suit? Do you want something? Another toothpick, maybe?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so you good. can you can tell they they got Sid Caesar for the day, and yeah. we're just like just just ad lib with these guys, and it's like the setup is like like a 1940s sketch. Like there's like, it's just the most. All right. So the game of this is they can't find the suit, but they won't just tell you what they're looking for. Yeah. Go. It's going to take six minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It it may have been improvised too. Like that could be a premise prov type thing, right? I believe it's improvised. I can believe you have Sid Caesar. You're not going to let him just do whatever he wants. It's no way. (laughs) No. Okay. This is also where I will. I mean, maybe this is a stupid thing to even say, but minor plot hole. Minor plot okay. hole in this film. Okay. <laughs> look, look, it's a, okay. If you want to pull it threads, Maddox, go ahead. But the sweater will not hold. Let, let me see what your interpret. Fill this hole for me. How about that? That's what I'll ask from you. How come the shop owners seem to be unaffected by the power of the suit? Because they seem not to realize what they have. And they go, it's just a $100 suit. We got these people this excited about it. You know, let's just let's be excited with them. Like everyone else immediately, as soon as they see someone wearing this suit, are like, oh, that's an amazing suit. I'm going to do whatever you say. How do these shop owners not know how amazing the suit is? I'm going to go with they're desensitized. Yeah, that's I was going to say, if you don't want to take this one, then then I will. But I oh, think please. that like, I think that, um, yeah, they're not only desensitized. Yeah, but they like they have everything they want. You know what I mean? Like they, they run a business, their lives are going the way they want them to. Whereas everyone else has their needs and wants has, have all been established. And 
the suit is the answer to their problems. The, the suit is whatever they want it to be. So to someone who just sells a suit, of course the magic is gone. Just like, you know, to you and I, um, a podcast is nothing special, but to a listener. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic thing that you should pay hundreds of dollars for, right? Mm-hmm. And you have merchandise as well, don't you, Matt? I do, I do, I do. Go to T Public. Uh, but let's if, not if, dwell if on that. You and four of your friends who are the same size. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah they also seem very fine with the idea that these these four or i guess is it uh i'm just counting my head it's five men really it five overall yeah yes. it's five men overall uh are buying one suit between them and they not only because at first when they said that i thought they were going to be like sad because they're just talking about how they want to sell more suits but in fact they're tickled ah Five men, one suit, of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the first time this has happened to me. Oh, uh, yeah, that's fun. It also, like, this movie, um, I I can't tell if it's supposed to be a period piece, but they just couldn't afford the exteriors of a period piece, okay. or if it just exists completely outside of time. Yeah, because it's almost, because, like, there's some very clear 90s, uh, uh, wardrobe going on and like 90s settings but then there's other things that I'm like wait are we in like are we in like what's happening <laughs> like <Yeah>. I, <laughs> are we <laughs> is this Which like I, okay my interpretation of that was that like it's set in the 90s it was released in the 90s but it's more of like they're trying to emphasize how poor of a neighborhood it is that just all of their stuff is decades out of date and a mix match but of when their stuff is also like Another just crazy detail of this is that it was written, I believe the screenplay and the story it's based on were written by Ray Bradbury. That is also true and also a mind-blowing thing. (laughs) It was like a sci-fi writer from the 50s who wrote Fahrenheit 451. In all honesty, it tracks for me. It tracks, given what happened in this movie. Yeah, is this movie somehow about taking out down a dystopian government? I, I'm like, I'm not sure, but it's maybe it's a subtext underneath. Well, if the, you know, if, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, you go ahead. I was just going to make a joke about Valana Zul, but we'll get there. <laughs> I was just going to say that it's a uh, like this could be like yeah a, a '90s movie, or it could have been like an episode of the original Twilight Zone, and it would have been. <laughs> And either one would have been, I would have accepted. Yeah, I think I think Twilight Zone could have worked real well with this, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that Do- uh, Dominguez gets to wear it first. Because uh, to me, his transformation is kind of the least, the least magical. Like in all honesty, everything Dominguez pulls off, I believe he could do without that suit. He's, let's be honest, He's the he's the tasty snack of the bunch. <laughs> yeah, so you know? I, I, if if it grants him a wish, I think the wish it granted him was attention. He always felt like he had the talent. I don't think it made it didn't give him like confidence to play the guitar better. It didn't give him a, a talent he did not have. Right. It just finally gave him like he's a busker on the side of the street. No one really pays attention to because like whatever they, they probably suck. They're a busker on the side of the street. Right. But this gave him the power of just drawing people's attention to him. And then he made a parade. Like he can just cause a spontaneous parade to occur and uh, probably fix that old lady's hip. I don't know. As far Uh, as I'm healing powers in there. Yeah. This also, this movie also like it should be said is not a musical. (laughs) 
and that doesn't that doesn't happen again where everybody spontaneously oh. sings and dances so like that is the magic power of the suit that got everyone to do that with him oh because that's dominguez he he wants music and he wants dance and he wants that so when he wears the suit he is able to gather a crowd of dancing singing beautiful women who then put on a <laughs> musical number with him and he gets to live in the music and I guess I guess the part of me that was like, because when everyone's like fawning all over him, and I'm like, yeah, but he's already really hot, so like, <laughs> it's not, it's not like women aren't going to fawn all over him. Oh, but I, they kept they kept walking when he's just on a street corner. Yeah, I guess that's fair. That suit gives him gives his hotness legitimacy, though. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's very that's true. What, so that's 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 what Dominguez is about. He got granted attention and he got legitimacy. And then he was able to make parades spontaneously and change the genre of the film, which is kind of like a, a fourth wall breaking power of the thing. It can turn a scene in a movie into a musical. Was, who who was second? Was it Villanazul? Yeah, Villanazul second. I think second. Yeah. Uh, my I think my favorite moment in the whole movie <laughs> might be this one, where <laughs> he, there's a guy giving a political speech. And then he approaches and everyone in the crowd just like looks, sees him in the suit, just <laughs> moves out of his way. And then he just looks up at the guy giving the speech, gives like a knowing nod. And the guy just like walks away. Like he's just, he it can't. Steps down <laughs> he steps down. Challenged. Cause the guy, he, and, and the, he just nods and everyone in that crowd knows that the torch has been passed because of this man's suit. And I got a vibe that guy was legitimate. Like, I feel like he was a city councilor or something. Like, he felt yeah. like he was giving a speech, but, like, he might have been going for re-election, but I think that guy was legit to start with. And, yeah, he just showed up and smiled and, and wore a suit, and everyone was, like, parted like the Red Sea <laughs> to let him on the soapbox. Yes, I believe what he is, was an elected was- official. <laughs> What okay, so what was Belanazul's uh platform? What is it he wants to tell the people? Absolutely nothing at all, which is what makes <laughs> which is what, uh, which is what makes nothing. it so perfect. Yeah. First from, from his beret and from like the first scene, I got a real like I got a real like socialist communist vibe off him in that first scene. But then when he comes back a book that says Stalin or Lenin at one point? Yes, yeah. I think he was. So yeah, I got that vibe off him like early on. But his actual speech is probably just a poem. Like, I don't think it was a platform at all. It, there was yeah. no actionable policy there. No. Because this there, no. Is, there was just no way that this, uh, this movie was going to take a political stance. And I'm happy that it didn't. No, yeah, me too. I'm glad they just kept it like, like this is a man who just has things to say and is a like, <laughs> philosopher that wants to be heard, who wants to talk about sw- swimming a river, yeah. uh, I think. You're yeah, walking walking across the river. Yeah, and then what? And then that was kind. Of, and everyone was like, "Oh!" And I was like, "What?" Which I there <laughs> might be something extra there because I think that the politician beforehand was talking about uh, how we should stay local. Like we don't need the other neighborhoods. It's all about our neighborhood. I'm going to focus on our neighborhood. And then his thing was all about crossing the river to mm. the other neighborhood. So it might be about you know not being set in your ways, being willing to progress. It might be like less xenophobic like let's not get insular about ourselves and let's be open to other all these are possible interpretations there's so much is left up to whatever you want to fill in the holes with a good art is open to discussion you know it's true 
And there's definitely some open discussion here. So I guess Ice Cream Suit wins again. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess Milanazul, he gets the power of like, um, uh, just the power of speech almost because you see him earlier on a soapbox trying to gather attention and people just walk past him. But I think it's less like Dominguez where Dominguez just couldn't get attention. I feel like it was a confidence thing with Milan Azul. Even you see that when they're like, it's his turn to go out. And he's like, I don't know. Where will I go? Should I just stay here? I don't want to go out. Should I? Uh," And he walks around kind of timid. And it's when he's like drawn to the podium and he comes forward that all of a sudden you see him be like, I will speak now. Like, yeah. Confidence is what he gets. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. You could see it as attention again on the surface, but yeah, deeper down, it's definitely more about the confidence because he was willing to stand on a soapbox before and people looked, but he just never came up with something to say when they were finally actually listening to him. Like that lady's like, oh, okay, what what are you trying to say? And he'd be like, uh, oh, ma'am, if I could have a moment, uh, just if you are willing to listen, and then she's gone, right? Like, Yeah, which honestly, I got to say, um, when you stand on a street corner to say things, you can't try and talk to each person individually. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've got to just a pithy, talk close slogan. and yeah. then people will come up. But he wouldn't talk. He just kept, he stood there and then he just kept trying to each go to each individual person and be like, hi, can I talk to you? And they just keep walking away. And it was like, dude, you just got to go. You got to just go. Yeah. <laughs> he needs some signage too, right? Like what, what, what are you about? I need to know something before I'm going to back to a guy on a soapbox. All right. So next up, let's go to the next person who was after him. I think we had, was Martinez next? Yeah. Yeah. This one I think is the most outwardly magical. Uh Uh-huh. I agree. I totally agree. (laughs) It is the most fairy tale-esque. It's very Romeo Juliet vibe to it, right? Like she literally goes up onto a balcony and, and just sort of looks out and I do love that she never saw him because she apparently needs glasses. That, that was what I got out of the scenario. Because he kept on being like, why won't she notice me? Well, she, now he finally notices she has glasses in her hands. And she can only see him as a white blob and another white blob that is his smile. Yeah. What is that whiteness? <laughs> what is that other whiteness? whiteness. <laughs> and it's his smile. And also, he's using the same tactics as before of, look down here. Look Look down here. And the whole time I'm like, just say hi. <laughs> yeah, try shouting. It's Shout, shouting works. It's less creepy to just say hi. Because if she turns around and sees you staring and waving, she's going to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know? Yeah. So do you not do you not believe uh, that that female character was represented in a realistic way to how uh, you would react to someone um, trying to draw your attention, Shannon? Um, I mean, honestly, the suit was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's truly a gorgeous suit. Like truly, I was watching it, being like, "What is that? Is that satin? What's going on there?" <laughs> so okay, yeah, the suit would make it all okay. Well, That's what certainly would get my attention. Okay. You would trust somebody, I think, wearing that suit. Um, And he did say, come on, suit, bring her to the window. And then she came to the window. That's (laughs) true. Yeah. And then the suit inspired her to go get glasses because she wanted to see the whiteness. You know, it's (laughs) the whiteness of the vanilla ice cream suit. So that's definitely some magic in play there, too. And also, all he says, he just, he talks to her for all of 30 seconds, which is just, hello. Uh, and then he's like, in six days, can I take you on a date? And she just nods in a date. No, no, no. He doesn't take her on a date. He wants to meet her parents. Oh, yeah. Meet her parents? <laughs> <laughs> After a 30-second conversation? Which is a bold opener. <laughs> I was wondering if maybe that was a cultural thing I wasn't getting. But like that is a bold opener. Like, I just met you, but 
I will ask your parents for, for their consent uh, the next time I meet you in six days. Now that's just how serious he is about it, right? He's, like, very he's serious. so serious. He wants to know her family. It's huge. Do you, do you think he's going to get married in that suit? I think it would be a fucking mistake if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, what, do you think he has another suit he could wear to the wedding? I no. do not. I, um, I think we've established <laughs> that he only has that suit and they have yeah. to get married on the night that it's his turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I just realized you're right. He only owns that suit and the clothes he was wearing when he went to meet uh, Gomez. So at the end, when they cut up his pants, he has no pants. <laughs> <laughs> I also did not realize that until right now, but that's absolutely yeah. true. I specifically asked him. He's the guy who owned nothing else. It was the only one that was established. He has nothing else. He has no pants now from the rest of the story forward. He has friends. He has friends. He has friends instead of pants. That's what you really need. All right. Uh, Gomez is next, and he is the one who, I guess, gets the most in terms of spirituality because he gets saved by God through the power of the suit, I believe. He, yeah, he turns uh, he turns a new leaf. Is that the word? Is that the phrase? Yes, that is the phrase. And I believe it also like it somehow turns all the graffiti to look like his friends in the neighborhood, which is some reality warping powers. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, every graffiti he passes has his friends' faces on it. Yeah, I was confused by that because he passes by a bunch of humans looking at him and he doesn't care. And then the graffiti faces suddenly were like the thing that we're getting to him. And I was like, well, a bunch of people just saw you. But yeah, I guess you're right. It was more supposed to represent his friends. Oh, they, like was, they had similar faces. Like they were yeah. clearly based on them specifically. Yeah. He was, so he was going to steal the suit, but then he, he decided not to. And it was established earlier where, um, where someone was like, are you just going to go to El Paso with the suit and steal it forever? And he was like, no, no. <laughs> and then that's exactly what he was going to do. That one, and yeah. again, just an amazing performance. Uh, amazing performance by Mantania there as he, uh, yeah. Sorry, my uh, my dad just came in to let me know that my sister did just have a baby as we're recording this. So, uh, <gasps> oh, congratulations. So congratulations. <laughs> so I'm slightly distracted. Huge. But um, ah, the suit keeps giving. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you have to give her as a present. It's a, oh. a very baby-sized suit. Oh, that's so exciting, Bryn. Wow. Back to the ice cream suit. Yes, you, st <laughs> you still gave us all the info we need. Uh, you still have a great insight into the powers of the suit. <laughs> You'd almost think it would end on that because that is like the biggest uh, story-wise transformation, right? The, mo the biggest character transformation is Gomez going from an evil uh, con artist into someone who loves his friend so much he would he'd go back and give up his ticket for a nice new hat so they can all share a hat as well. Yeah. Uh, the way that they all like forgive him instantly is really good too. Just that that yeah. quick moment where where one of them where they're mad and then they're like, "You, oh, you, you, we knew you were gonna, but then you didn't." So it's okay. I love how Dominguez takes the ticket. Like when when Gomez holds out the ticket sheepishly, like maybe we can sell this, and Dominguez takes it with such like it is it is such intense acting in that moment where he like. He grabs it in such a specific way and pulls it away and then like looks at it with such like and then looks up at the rest of the group like there's such exaggerated actions and then they and then and then it's oh, it's okay. But I think yeah, the most fun one is I, I didn't know why they despite it making the most sense uh narratively, they did the ending of the most thing because it's the most heightening, which is Vominos getting the suit. The man who is a chimney sweep, the man who is disgusting <laughs> by every level. And uh, uh God. 
the let's be honest assault to give him a bath uh is he also there man he needed oh he bath. definitely needed it it is a friendly assault it is a justified assault but here's, here's the thing he only has it for an hour right he's supposed to get it at midnight until 1 a.m that's his time slot why in the hour that gomez was gone did none of the others go <laughs> listen man <laughs> you're about to put on a pristine white suit and you can't because they had so many rules and concerns from that hour no one thought to bathe him and it was it's such an intense makeover i mean it takes me about 45 minutes just to get ready in the morning and i'm a relatively clean person <laughs> you're not yeah caked in uh, in tar not usually <laughs> it was not a negligible amount of time they, they took cleaning him up and yeah. scrubbing him like it's the next day at that point <laughs> <laughs> and i love his excuse too because like they point that out too they're like you knew this was coming and you didn't clean up and he goes i washed my hands it's like <laughs> the only part that they're clearly the not washed <laughs> they're not they're not at all no no fire eater and also, he's like, oh, he's, I'll follow all these rules. And he immediately breaks all of the rules as soon as he steps out the door, too. Yeah, that's so great. Like, and, like, when they follow him to the bar and they see him, like, a, like dancing and, like, holding, like, red wine above his head. <laughs> and, like, just so <laughs> precarious. Like, it was intense. Like, the stakes felt high. Truly. I Okay, I know I already said this about a different part, but this was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> when, when they're all standing and they're looking in the crowd and all they can see is the sleeves of the white suit in the air that would disappear down and then come up with a new problem. So we first came up with the cigarette and they were all like, oh, and then it goes down and it comes up with a glass of red wine and they're like, oh, and then it goes down and it comes up with like a dripping taco and they're like, oh, and I was like, this is high art. But also truly, I was like, oh my God, there's no way he's not spilling that wine on himself. I think that, that is, again, magic of the suit because he spills it everywhere. You see it splash over the other men, but it never touches the suit. The suit okay. itself is self, self uh, it's got self-defense. It, it shoots the wine away, shoots the taco <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah, that suit goes through the ringer. Vominos really, really breaks that suit in and it comes out pretty pristine. Also, Vomino seems to not care about the suit at all in that moment. And then all of a sudden he has a moment later where he's like, the suit, is it okay? And it's like, oh <laughs> I just, I don't think he has good impulse control. I think it's his problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah. And then he gets into a fight with a giant man, mm-hmm. uh, Toro, and then jumps over a car pretty much. Mm-hmm. A bull car. Yeah. That's a sweet flip. Yeah. Yeah. Very sweet flip. For this woman who who recognizes him, and I don't believe it. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. When she's like, Vominos, is that you? And I'm like, no fucking way. That man, <laughs> that man looks nothing like he did, like, uh, presumably 10 minutes ago because of whatever the movie's trying to tell me. Less There's than no an way. hour ago. Yes. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, the Vominos, I think the Vominos moment to me is the most magical moment. It's you get to see them all working together, right? Like that's mm-hmm. they each have their own adventure other than Vominos. Vominos's adventure is the adventure that brings them together because they all gather around him like he's, you know, a lemming they have to protect because I know he's just going to go towards trouble. Yeah. And that's what brings them together as a unit, as a team. Protecting he's the one they the suit. didn't want and in the end they all they all rally around him. Yeah. Exactly. And then they end the film living together on a roof 
for some reason. <laughs> why were they on the roof? What? Okay, here's here's several things. One, why uh, on the roof? Why not inside Gomez's apartment? Mm-hmm, why is mm-hmm. all his stuff now on the roof? And you, they're so worried about the suit getting ruined. They do all that work to like press it and clean it. Be like, there, it's now, it's good to put away for the night. And then they put it on a mannequin. <laughs> In the middle of the roof with the wind blowing, the pants aren't on the mannequin. It's just the jacket. Uh, and with the wind blowing and they all lie down to go to sleep. And I kept just being like, the wind is going to knock that thing over onto that filthy roof any minute now. Like that, just put it on a hanger in a suit bag. You did, you surely. Or, or it could start raining or thunder and lightning or anything, yeah. right? Like they're all up there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might have just been a beautiful way to end the scene. And they also wouldn't have fit easily in the apartment because, like, I'm sure there's only one bed in that apartment. So, like, they would have all been cramped together on the floor. There wouldn't have been space for, like, lights and cameras to film it. I get them I get them sleeping on the roof, but they truly should have at least put, uh, yeah, like a plastic bag over the suit if they were going to yeah. have it on the roof, too. Let's pretend it was an invisible plastic bag and that that was just for, like the shot because it's a nicer shot for the film part but like you know in real life when the we're with the real magic suit they covered it up to keep it safe i also love that this suit is so perfect and beautiful that gomez is willing to have four other men move in with him (laughs) to get twenty dollars each from them so that they can he can have a suit he's only allowed to wear once a week yeah which also he was going to abandon his apartment which When he was going to run away to El Paso. Well, well that's the, canon at this the locks, point. Yeah, the locks had been changed, though. He kicked the door open because oh, he, he right. had also been evicted. So, Oh, that's why they're on the roof, then. That's not his apartment. That's uh, just a place he broke oh, into. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And also, you know, we've established that these characters don't really bat an eye at getting evicted. It's fine. Martinez no, it just happens. not at all devastated with it. Like, his key is full on taken away, and he's like, <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. Like- and then he does not come back. <laughs> Yeah. All right. These, uh, so these characters been, are are very very much transient. Yes. They're all uh, rogues on their own adventures through life. Now brought together by the power of the ice cream suit. The beautiful, and, wonderful ice cream suit. And uh, you know what? I think this is a, a premise that could justify a whole series. And I would love to see the weekly adventures of the men in the ice cream suit. I agree. I agree. I was a little sad when it ended. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pitch that out to all the major networks. Uh, but I think we've we've gone through this entire film. Do you guys have any last comments before we? Well, just just that this movie is a bit tough to find. Like you will have to pay, like I think five dollars to watch it on YouTube. Or how did you guys watch it? I used YouTube as well. Yeah. I used iTunes and I got it for three ninety nine. That's okay. the magic I experienced. So. That's a good deal. But I would say that like it it is one hundred percent worth that much to I to watch. Beg, I beg everyone to watch it. I beg all of you. It's I would so- encourage people to watch it with a community. Like I feel like this is, would be a fun ride to share. It so is. I, I've watched it in groups before, and it's it's. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful time. Have a couple of drinks, maybe maybe smoke some weed with your friends. I was gonna just suggest weed pairs very well with this. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I could see all that. Uh, so thank you to each of you for joining me for this ride. Then thank and... you, thank you, Bryn, for bringing this movie into my life. <laughs> oh no, I um, uh, Maddox sent me a list, and uh, as soon as I saw that wonderful ice cream seat was on there, it was no question. That uh, I I needed to talk about this with with other people. Oh my god, I loved it so much. 
<laughs> and all right, so uh, we'll have another movie to discuss in the future. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, that's what we came up with, but we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod, email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com, join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook, and you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Shannon LaHaye, you can check out Escape Capade, a comedy escape room podcast on the Sonar Network. New season starts next month. For more Bryn Potty, you can check out his album, Gentrify This, by the Definition of Knowledge, on Spotify, or BrynPotty.com. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for? has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Escape Capade is an improvised Escape the Room podcast. I take two guests, trap them in a room, describe it to them in great detail, load it with puzzles, and then over the next 45 minutes, they can do whatever they want. You want to listen to two people fixate on a poster for 45 minutes? That's happened. Escape Capade episodes are released every other Tuesday and are available on thesonarnetwork.com. Just click on Escape Capade. It would be hard to dispute that Canada is a country built on immigration. Mad as Hell Podcast, an investigative podcast by me, Priscilla Tang, joined by my co-host, Baden Earl. And together, we're an unlikely duo who uncover true stories of families seemingly slipping through the cracks of Canadian immigration. Vaden Earl tells all from personal experience as a Canadian who's lived in exile with his adoptive daughter in Dominican Republic for 10 years. And I, Priscilla Tang, talk to you from Toronto as a first-generation Canadian of immigrant parents and a public policy graduate investigating news stories in Toronto. You can listen to Mad as Hell podcast on any platform where you already get your podcasts, or you can find us at thesonarnetwork.com.